0: Welcome to the 11th episode of the Solo Venture Podcast. We're back after a short break while Reese was traveling throughout Bulgaria and then on to Italy where he is now. Today we talk about a recent milestone that Reese hit in his email copywriting career, including how he's been able to get this far. We also discuss our overall impressions of the state of email marketing in 2023 with our strategies and tips for outreach and working with agencies. And as always, if you have a business or travel question you'd like answered, please leave them in the comments.
1: Hello everybody. If you have not been here for two weeks, it's because I was in Bulgaria last week on holiday. Um I met up with a friend and we did a road trip around country. If you have never been to Bulgaria, go because it is stunning. It's one of the most beautiful countries I've ever seen. It's um it's I reckon it's like half the country is around like around half the country is mountains and forests. Um, not rainforests, but, um, very luscious green forest. It was funny because I'm from the UK and when I landed, I remember looking out the plane and thinking, this is, it looks exactly the same as the UK. So I think the weather is very similar, except for Bulgaria is warmer. And we land, I landed in so- Sofia, the capital, uh, cool city mix of like old kind of before, pre-war architecture, which is very beautiful. And then like brutalist Soviet style. Post tour, um, which if you're into that stuff, it's quite interesting. And then we drove south to a place called Bansko, which is where there's a nomad. The nomad fest is on right now, um, big nomad, um, co-working digital nomad conference. Um, and CT, who we were with two weeks ago. Oh yeah, people uh, yeah, know life. that I was in Bulgaria because we did the podcast there.
0: Yeah, last episode was uh, when you two were
1: together. So that's it. Yeah, so Sid, seeing CC, um, drove down to Bansko, which is where CC is now at NoMadFest. Uh, funnily enough, um, saw some really beautiful um, mountain valleys, did a couple of nice little hikes, um, and then we drove east and then north to a place called Plovdiv. Um, incredible place! Um, it's the cultural hub of Bulgaria. Um, they've got like an old town. It felt very much like Italy, which is really nice um and the weather the whole time was swimming mean, um yeah, yeah fucking 100% recommend Bulgaria if you've never been
0: yeah no it's it's been hugely uh in recent years too especially Bansko is really blown up you know because uh they've got well they've got the festival there but I think just year-round uh, people uh every, I mean everybody's heard of it by now and I think like one of the draws is uh, and I don't know what it's like uh you're there you were just there I mean like price-wise but when we were planning on going last year, it was one of the cheaper places in Europe and it's also out of the Shenzhen zone. So it kind of gives you that little bit of a break if you're trying to pull off that whole deal. And I, I think that uh, Bulgaria is, will soon be part of it. Um, but for now it's still a place where nomads can, you know, skip over for a bit and come back in.
1: Yeah, hundred um, percent. It is very cheap. We had some delicious meals at very unassuming places in small towns and, was delicious and the amount, I mean, we we weren't extravagant, but the amount of food, you know, we'd have, you know, maybe two, maybe three mains to kind of share, um, big pies. Um, and it was, it was like drinks included. It was crazy. You couldn't believe it. Like walking out there thinking that would be the price of, um, almost price of a pint in London.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And it'd be, it'd be interesting too. We'll have, um, or the plan is at least a CC still there, so uh, we're looking to get her back on in the next month or so whatever when, she uh, settles, just to see what the experience was like at the festival because we've talked about uh, going there at some point. Um, you know, I'm still on the fence, but it's it's a huge gathering. It's annual now. It's always in June as far as I know. Um, so anyway, she's actually there in the middle of it. her and her husband are, and so it'll be nice to get little updates just to just to see how that's uh, all going. But uh, and then so that was. That was Bulgaria, and you've been in Italy now for a few days, right?
1: Yeah. Um, it's so hot. If you can see, you can probably see the sweat beads on my forehead. It's so hot. It's, it was the same as Bulgaria, but I don't know why. I'm just not um, – it's actually – it says 27 right now, but it feels like 35.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to think about this. I like For some reason, I wish America would go – over uh and stop using the uh what are we on the empirical system still because oh, yeah, i should fine, know better because right, i, I yeah i travel a lot i should know better but for some reason like we were about to when i was a kid uh, when i was in like elementary school or something we were about to make the switch you know from feet and yards to meters and all that stuff and then we were going to do the same with the temperature and then i guess they were just like Nope. Uh, America's gotta be <laughs> America's gotta be by itself over here, you know. So it's it's confusing. But it that is fucking hot though. <laughs> for
1: sure. I'm trying you know, to see sort of... if I only doesn't show me what the equivalent is back at the top. Yeah. Um That's all right. Yeah, so I'm here I'm here for one more month and then I'll be back in the UK for a little bit. Um and where are you based again
0: now? Uh I'm still yeah, no, I'm, I'm still hanging. I'll be in Michigan now for the rest of the summer. We've got a lot of family around here. <clears throat> it's a pretty big state, um, so I'll be in this spot for a few weeks, and then just traveling around. And well, that'll be interesting because a lot of that's up in the North Woods, so that'll be nice. We'll get some. Um, we'll we should uh, soon here for for those watching. We'll have a lot more like B-roll and a lot more things of of what we do when we're not sitting in these seats. Uh, so we intend to put out some more content so you can see what we actually, what, what we do on a regular basis, uh, when we're not recording one of these. So, um, uh, so I'll be traveling around, but you know, it's all driving distance from here, so nothing crazy. And then after that, there's, there's no plan yet until we all decide what we're going to do, but how long, uh, how long are you in Italy for then?
1: One month and then one month around three weeks in the UK. And then I need to go to Poland for something and then yeah. we'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the best part That's about this good, is that, uh, yeah, it, it feels good. Like there was a time in my life, not that long ago when I was like, cause I was even doing it as a nomad. I was planning out like the next trip. Um, like after the, I'd kind of want my next six months, 180 days figured out. Like I would want the next one when there is a little bit of comfort in that knowing like, Hey, my next destination's booked. Uh, i am locked in at that price, whatever it happens to be yeah. at the time. And, uh, but now we're just kind of winging it, you know, which is, which is kind of cool too. Like, if, if it gets cold here in October, um, just fucking leave, you know. Um, but uh, so, yeah, there's not as much planning. Of course, that could screw you with the plane tickets and the Airbnbs or the, whatever lodging <clears throat> you end up getting. But that's just life. You know, It's nothing you can do about that. But you also had, uh, I think, a few weeks ago now, that you got a breakthrough with your uh, your email uh, copywriting gig. Is that the one that uh, for the company here in the U.S.?
1: It's um, – that's just – every, everything I've been working on for the last eight months. Um, so essentially all emails I've, um, written copy for in total the revenues, you know, the, the revenue generated is over a million us dollars, um, which is a really nice milestone. I started off eight months ago and that was like, it was a nice thing, like, Oh, that'd be cool. And for anyone who's in the email marketing world. It's not that that's easy, but it is more achievable than a lot of people think. Like if if you compare it to actually having to make a million, which unfortunately that's not what happened, did not make a million dollars, it's a lot easier to, than, than doing that. Um, however, there's still hard work, 100% luck as well um, is involved and partly like i'm not going to sit here and be like my writing generated over a million (laughs) dollars like well because it didn't like i can't i'm not saying like that's not what's happened like easy emails are designed really nicely um the strategy itself is conducive to hitting the right people at the right time to generate sufficient sales like there's all these other pieces and no copywriter should sit there and be like my writing unless you kind of direct response and it's literally like words you know unless you're doing that like yeah I don't want to sit here and be like that's what happened um but it is a really really nice milestone and I look back on that eight months and I've worked with incredible people I've learned so much I'm not a multi-year copywriter This is all still quite new for me I've learned a lot more on the strategy side. It's been a hell of an experience. And to be honest, the million pound thing is a nice little thing to say. But knowing I've now got all that kind of wisdom that I've picked up and connections with people across the world. Like it's interesting that anyone building a remote company now has access to people across the world, talent across the world. But even like I'm not an agency owner building a team. But even just being a remote person, getting to interact with that other talent across the world is really cool. Like I've been used to being in London where everyone's kind of pretty local and they, are, they were born an hour away and grew up in that yeah. culture. It's been really cool to be on you know, calls with someone in L.A. who grew up there and is a you know, really good email strategist um, to kind of learn a little bit about the culture and, and their lives and also the stuff that they know at work so it's um it's much fonder for me to kind of look back on that experience as well um because especially on the agency side and anyone that is doing this the email copywriting route i really do think agencies are a great way to get experience like i have worked with brands that um are big in the usa um and that's definitely part of my being able to accelerate such a big number um, you know, as well as all the uh, learning that has happened and the mentorship with Francis and the nomadic copywriter, extremely valuable. But being able to you know have access with you know multiple agencies that have these really big clients meant that I kind of like jumped a load of steps to kind of get to the, the exposure to those clients, um, and that's definitely a big part of the success, if you want to call it that.
0: Yeah, I forget. Um... Just to remind everybody, how long do you do? You have like a like an actual day count, or how long you've actually from when you first had the idea about email copywriting until now? Have you kept track?
1: One year since the idea came about. Hmm. Um, I think I joined the program maybe thir- maybe last April, so a little over a year. Yeah, I'm
0: trying to think of my because I've I've been a little removed because I've taken on other things. Um, so I've noticed a couple things this week. Um, the, I've got two new requests for an agency that I work for. And I, and, and like you, I find agency work to be, you learn a lot, a, of course, like you said, and then it's also a little bit easier. It's also easier to have those people that you work for, where you just log in and log out. You have your set tasks for the day. You know, they're not going to bother you over the weekend. Um, over the years through, even through my other jobs and businesses, um, the, the owner, the person who you know, deals with the clients. Obviously they make the lion's share of the money, but then you're getting, you know, fucking phone calls and messages at all odd hours and you have to deal with their complaints and any revisions and stuff like that. So I agree with you that agency work, even though the the money may not be as high as a private client, there's just something like relaxful, relaxing and peaceful about it. Uh, I've noticed in the last week, It's actually one of them just came in last night. It's a request from an agency that I already work for, for email copywriting, which I haven't really been involved with for a while. But the big thing was there, they needed somebody to not just write, but to create all the, you know, segment sequences and manage the whole email service provider. So have you noticed that too? Are you just kind of, are you writing things or have you started to get pulled into the, the actual ESP management?
1: I've been writing things. I am, I am, I have always been working strategy for one of my clients as well um, from the very beginning. And so then one of the other agencies is um, a bit more seasoned. They've been around for longer. Um, and so they've got some of these, um, really big clients, really big brands, and they have got, um, like the team is quite stacked and deep, which is really cool. And that's where, you know, there's a lot of learnings happening. Um, What's your question again? Uh, for, oh, uh, oh, so yeah. I forgot. Oh, oh yeah. People, are you, are you getting asked to? So, in answer to your question, um, I've always been doing a bit of strategy, um, but I don't do that for every client, and I haven't noticed a change in demand. I mean, I think that strategy is going to become more and more important because um, it's something that even if let's say chat gbt builds a winning strategy next month like can can just do it like yeah can do strategies the client doesn't really want to have to hear that from a bot or on an email It wants someone to walk them through and an agency owner would be amazing at doing that because typically they you know they run the agencies they do sales and they they touch on strategy but they won't have the time to do that so we're still going to have strategist, maybe account manager, combined strategist um, in this world for a pretty long time until people get comfortable with the idea of a an AI account manager. But even then, I actually think that's a bit far off.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that uh, if I had to guess, because I'm on the, on the roster for the particular agency that I do the emails for that just approached me for two new clients, uh, I'm not high up on that roster. Like I'm the guy they come to after they check with other people just because I started lower than some other people in there. And if they came to me, I have a feeling it's because I'm already doing ESP management, uh, for a different client. And if, you know, in my mind, anyway, they probably asked other people and the other people said that they didn't know how to do that. Uh, which is, which is good for me. So, um, I guess point being is that, um, you know email copywriting is a is a huge skill in itself and valuable. but I also would recommend anybody who get it, who gets into it. you don't have to do it right away, but eventually you know start picking up some ESP or email uh, service provider management skills because you know eventually as things start to merge together, you know obviously AI is involved in most platforms now. Clavio has their AI email assistant and helps with the branding and pulls the logo and all that stuff in, which is saves us a lot of time. Um, but anybody going into email copywriting now or copywriting in general, we suggest to learn about the strategy and also learn the different platforms because you're just so much more valuable to a company. If you say, yeah, I'll set this up end to end and that way they don't have to get one person for the platform and another person to write the emails. You say, hey, look, I'll I'll do it all. Just send me your list and I'll take care of the whole thing and it's a one-time thing. so um, the email for setting up a new ESP for let's say Clavio for example, for a new client it's a it's a full afternoon's worth of nonsense, you know setting up all the little things and and building the templates and um, but you know what it's a one-time thing after that now like you know the ones I have set up are on autopilot. I just tack a new email on to the flow, set it for seven days. Um, so uh, yeah, so people shouldn't be afraid of that. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I know nothing about these. And I'm like, trust me, if you watch a, you know, a few hours worth of YouTube tutorials on whatever platform, you'll figure it out. And, and a lot of these uh, ESPs offer free accounts. So even if you're not using one for somebody, just sign up for the free account and play with it yourself. You know, it's uh, it, it definitely worth learning.
1: For sure. And I think you actually have an obligation to. Um, I don't think that it's hard to say this broadly because there are some niches in the email marketing world, email copywriting and copywriting worlds that will be AI safe for longer, um, some of the more direct response stuff. And people, I think, can get away with being purely uh, copywriters. But I think for the majority of like, e-commerce email copywriters, you should, like. you just need to learn this stuff, like learn how to set up. Like you don't necessarily have to be a designer, but if you could do everything from strategy through to sending email out, I think you're like, you're so much more valuable. Like you're just going to make it more difficult for yourself to be like, I just want to write like, well, maybe write a book in your time. Like, do you want, do you know what I mean? Like it, It's going to get more and more competitive whether or not ai even existed it would have done this on a slower time scale for sure anyway people will look for edges and businesses will look to consolidate instead of having like five different people for different things which is why people like agencies because the agency just handles everything they have a partner and you go from there but as a freelancer, I think you need to kind of, it's this one person business methodology, you need to almost see yourself as a one person agency and consider the needs and requirements of people you're targeting. Again, yeah. some niches, maybe you're a bit safer just being a copywriter, but um, for a lot of what we're focusing on, I don't think that's the case.
0: Yeah, and, and knowledge is so easy to come by now too. Most of my um, plan, is said hot there, <laughs> you didn't get a fucking fan. <laughs> Just, I'll, I'll make it. I'll oh, make it. There you nice, go. Yeah. Totally be, good. Yeah, oh. yeah.
1: That's awesome. Anyone who's listening good. on Spotify, you have to, just yeah. have to watch the YouTube to see what's happening.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of fanning going on, but yeah, no, the, so my, my business model the entire time for the last couple of years is just like, just say yes to everything because knowledge is readily available. This even before uh chat GPT, I mean, look, you, You'll either find somebody that you know that is more than willing to help because people like giving advice and helping for the most part and or you'll just f- look on YouTube for something. So my advice to anybody and it's worked for me is if if some client comes or reaches out today and says, hey, can you do this? I'd be like, yeah, I got it. And then I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing and I'll just I'll go look it up and learn it. And if and if I can't find it, surely somebody in my network uh, or some coach that I've I've dealt with, um, you know, we always use Francis for the for the tough questions on email marketing, so somebody will help you. So that you know, for for what it's worth, my advice is just take on things that you're uncomfortable with. You will be able to learn it. Clients aren't expecting turnaround in one day, you know, unless they need an answer immediately. You know, say hey, yeah, I can handle that for you. You know, let's let's meet in a couple of days. That's all the time you need to figure it out. So, and that's something you need to get comfortable with. Obviously, as technology changes. And we're all going to start having to do or having to learn things um, that we probably thought we would never have to, but that's just the industry. That's just the way we're headed.
1: But going back to only because we've had a few people ask us some questions and I want to touch on some of them. We'll go into more detail on some of the questions in the separate episode, but there might be a few questions about, okay, cool a million dollars generated through sales of emails. I wanted to say one thing because there will be, People watching that will be like, Can I do that? Am I good enough? Like, is my copy good enough? Uh, Maybe it's not good enough right now, but one, it can get better. So don't give up. And two, my copy was never perfect. It's not like I've written, you know, 500 emails that were spot on every time. I've had back and forth with my clients, Um, I've had disagreements, and that's absolutely fine. You're never going to get it right 100% of the time. And I've had some copy that didn't make it. and it's totally fine you will get setbacks like that and i'll be honest the first few times it happened i was like oh like oh i wasn't good enough or like you know i was like oh i'm gonna lose the client like you like and it's a natural fear um but everyone will have that experience at one point so when you do have it do not worry about it it's very normal and the best way to handle it is to remember that okay If the worst case scenario is you do lose a client, you can always get another one and you can. Um, But also it will take a long time to get to that stage. Um, Speak with your client, always ensure you've got really good communication. Be enthusiastic, like show them that you care. And also keep in mind that one of the things that I had really annoyed with myself, I can't remember his name. Actually, Adam Knorr. He's probably not going to be bothered that I mentioned him, but it's someone on Twitter I started following, and he mentioned this. Yeah, it is Adam Law. Apologies, Adam, if I'm- <laughs> I pronounced your name wrong. But he, in a, in a tweet, this is ages ago, he was like, most clients he's worked with don't care if you're not the best copyright in the world, but they care if you're on time, you're responsive, and you're like you're a good team member, whether you're remote or not. So also keep those things in mind. Don't always just fo- like, don't just focus only on the copy. Like how good are you to work with? Like do people like you and like working with you? Do you respond to people on time? Are you proactive in other areas? Um, and so those are the things I've worked on a lot as well um, during that process.
0: No, to your, yeah to that point though about uh, showing up for things. So a lot of people, you know, and, and this could just be. Maybe it's just not something certain people think about, but a lot of the success I've had, um, because I've very recently been in a position where I was working amongst a team of freelancers, and uh, out of a a large team of them, I was the only person offered a full-time job. Uh, And the reason for that is, uh, at least I believe, is that I'm not I wasn't the best writer out of all of them by far because I was able to view some of their uh, deliverables and some of them are far better writers but I showed up to every meeting even if it was you know at an inconvenient time for me. Uh, I interacted with the other employees you know I, I asked them I was like hey uh, you know I, I gotta put in some time this weekend I'll be in front of the computer is there anything you need handled? you know, and some of these things, of course, like we genuinely mean and we want to do. And some of it's like, you know, do I really want to work all weekend? Not really. But it, like, it's just those small things, you know, keeping up with the communication, delivering when you say you're going to deliver. Um, if you can't let somebody know um, when you get feedback, which, and it's just human nature. No, Nobody likes to get their shit back. And it's like, you know, all Google docked up because we don't use like, you know, red ink anymore, but it's like all comments. Nobody likes to see that. But what they're looking for. And even if you, you know, even if not to their face, you know, you're just super stressed out about it. The right thing to do is say, all right, cool. I I see what you're trying to do here. And you know, some clients, some clients don't understand marketing speak. Some of the things we have to say in marketing are quite frankly, are cheesy and like, it's not the way we would talk in public, but they may not understand that. So if you can convey that to them, a lot of them will come around, but really it's just the communication. It's how you take things And it's showing up to meetings when you can, you know, like when when the opportunity comes up and as companies start to scale back their staff, um, just that's as as progress happens anyway, whether AI side, you know, but as companies start to scale back, you know, human nature, whether they like everybody on their team equally, they're going to remember that. Reese showed up for every meeting and he had something you know valuable to say, or he responded immediately. So those things are going to, even subconsciously they're going to stick out in a manager's mind. So when it comes time to either promote or cut people, all those little factors, and, and they may they may not even know they're doing it at the time. But the management team will be like, "Yeah, that guy was great, you know. Let's uh, let's bring him in or give him a raise or whatever." So I know a lot of people have um, the attitude, and they're not necessarily wrong for this, but they're like, "This is this is my job. I'm signing in. I'm going to do exactly my job, and I'm not going to answer emails or whatever over the weekend or outside of um, outside of work hours." You could totally do that, but I've found I've been able to get even, even more out of, uh, you know, client work and even more opportunities because I'm like, I know it's Saturday. I shouldn't have to answer this, but if I'm going to stand out, I'm going to answer this email and I'm going to make sure I get my stuff in on time. So all that, everything you just said is very important about, uh, just showing up, you know, even if it's inconvenient.
1: hundred percent. I really like that. And it makes me think of two things. One a recent Tim Ferriss course, Tim Ferriss podcast with Hoopman, which I know you've probably listened to, um, in the last couple of weeks, it was like a four hour one, which was pretty good. Um, and the second point, which I'll actually start with on that line of thinking it, that kind of over delivering showing up more than maybe you need to, it doesn't necessarily have to last forever. But you have to realize, especially if you come through on like a cold email or a cold DM, this person doesn't know who you are. They don't trust you and why should they? Even if you've got a really good Twitter profile or whatever or a LinkedIn profile, they still don't know you. They might that might help and give them a little bit of trust. You need to show them in the beginning, I am worth it. I will overdeliver. It's good quality. I'm super responsive. And you know what? Three months in when you build a relationship with the person the agency yeah maybe you can then kind of put some barriers in place and be Like, okay guys i like, don't want on a friday or I'm not going to be working any weekends usually it's fine because they trust you and at least they know that they've got a member of the team that they can trust and they know your quality is good and you always deliver on time so if you're not available 70 days a week anymore they still know you're gonna provide what they need um so it doesn't have to last forever and two well, the first point the tim ferris thing he mentioned it on that podcast it was more in the context of networking not necessarily with the pure intent of networking but how he operated in the early days when no one knew who he was out of genuine curiosity and desire volunteering at events and going the extra mile because it was so easy because no one else did like they did the bare minimum. So well easy to stand out. Um and going up to the I think he he mentioned about going to the event organizer as opposed to the panel individuals. Um again out of genuine curiosity, but it ended up serving him very, very well. And I think just the same things can apply with what we're talking about is go the extra mile because I do think that there's possibly a generational thing happening right now where people are almost like very guards up. And, you know, maybe there's good reason for that. But ultimately, if you do go above and beyond, because you care about this, it's not like we're assuming you want to do this work and you want to build a a, a business in this world. So on that assumption, do it. Go the extra mile because you will stand out. We'll build a relationship, possibly deeper, definitely quicker. Um, yeah, there's no reason not to.
0: <clears throat> yeah, first impressions uh, they apply in everything. Whether it's
1: uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's like every <laughs> yeah. time I do like a bit of talking, yeah, I'm like fucking sweating about out. it, and yeah. then like I stop and I'm like, oh, it's really hot. Uh,
0: like <laughs> first impressions are super important in anything you know whether you're at the pub or dealing with a new client and, and it really honestly it's not that hard to stand out because the the market or the the industry has been flooded especially after covid you know, everybody wanted to become a copywriter so it's there's a lot of people in the industry it's saturated but to stand out has not been that hard you know because again I'm in some of these group slack messages they'll put out a, a whatever communication for copywriters to do something and out of the 10 people in there, I jump on it right away and it wasn't hard for me to send that quick message even if it's something I can't do for a week. just say, yeah, I got this. you know I mean these aren't hard concepts so you know in order to stand out and really you know get to the top of um, you know whatever whatever format you're working on, just takes a little bit of effort you
1: know. there will be a burning question I think so I'll cover it really quickly is it doesn't take too long. How did I get those clients? Uh, cold email and i did not do it properly if you're going to do cold email do it properly look into domain uh like warming up a domain like i had a warm domain it was my own domain and i was making, i was taking the risk that if i sent too many emails out from that email address it could get blacklisted i just took the risk i was like i'm just gonna do it um, and I was, I was still somewhat careful. I sent basically five emails a day. Um, I used Google to find the agencies and I would just be like email marketing agency. And I would try across the world, UK, USA, New York, like sit, like, um, state level, uh, city level, UK, mainly UK, US, um, some in Australia and the same for, um, just brands and I, the, I, like, I've worked, the clients I've worked with to get to that million figure, um, were agencies. So, we marketing agency, email marketing agency. And if you're going to go for brands, it's just like clothing brands or like, um, gym brand, like, y- you'll know what to do, what to search. Um, and I just built a really big spreadsheet. Um, and I just went through started emailing five emails a day. At one point, I got up to like thirty emails a day, which was really silly if you don't want to screw your domain up. Um, but I'm, I, I made it. Um, it took four weeks to get a client, and I mean, my conversion rate wasn't that good. Like, I sent, I think, pardon me, five hundred emails, and I got two clients out of it. So I don't think it's like it was an amazing conversion rate, but. I had more calls and I've built a few connections from it. And I'm not necessarily working with those people, but we are in touch, which is quite good. Um, so in the scheme of things, it's not it's not it's not complicated. Yeah. It's a bit of effort and it's a bit of time, but it wasn't complicated. Yeah, it's its a
0: little tedious, you know, all the outreach and it's super. I find it to be extremely annoying. But like you said, you know, in a, in a month's time or less, if you have a client, when you're in the middle of it, it's like any other thing we talk about when you're in the middle of it, you're like, Oh God, this is going to take forever. But then you look back and you're like, "Eh, well, it didn't take that long at all. You know, like, you know, four to eight weeks, a couple of clients. And like Francis says, if you get one really good client, then it gives you the breathing room, you know, to whatever, like to kind of like expand and learn a few things and start doing some outreach. So it's, it's like anything else. Like it like it seems daunting. It's like, oh, I don't want to sit down in front of this computer and copy and paste and do all this research. But it's like, just take an hour a day. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah. what's the alternative? You're not going to get found any other way. You know, it's not like, you know, you could be the best writer in the world, but if nobody knows who you are, you know, it's just exactly part of the process. The, one
1: other tactic is it's helpful if you're more confident on the phone, but for, if you're like in your country, because obviously calling abroad, you have fees, but if you're, you know, call agencies. It's harder to get through to brands because they, you know, you have, there's like three layers. But marketing agencies, usually you get through to a front desk or um, an EA that would take the call. And I enjoyed it. So I'm biased. However, a few things to note about it. One, you kind of warm up getting the right email address. So part of this issue can be finding the right email address. There are tools available for this hunter is one of them there are loads more like it's easy to find just google them um but yeah sometimes it can be hard to find the best email address so when i would call up i'd be like um what would i say uh, hey i just wanted to check in to see i wanted to find out if you ever work with freelance um copywriters or free- freelance email copywriters um and usually they'd be like, yes or no. And sometimes they'd be like, yes. And I'd be like, oh, amazing. Like, is, what's the best email I could send over some samples to? And they'd be like, yeah, this is the email or the marketing manager. And I'd be like, amazing. And not only did I get the email address, but I've been kind of warmed up, especially if they do end up saying to uh, Amanda, um, hey, someone's just called saying that they're going to send over some samples. Amanda's aware that's coming. So when the email drops in the inbox, it's not a, like, oh, who is this Get out. It's like, oh, okay, this person's called up, which one is a good sign. Like they were happy to call. And two, um, you know, someone's already taken the call. So like if they, the EA or receptionist didn't be like, go away. Like you, you made a good enough impression that they were happy to give over the details. So that worked really well to get a lot of responses. So my, my open rate or response rate for the amount of calls I made was really high. I didn't get any clients out of it. Um, typical reasons like they didn't have the budget available or they didn't have enough work at the moment, but they kept your email on file. That, I think, is a really good strategy. Something else that this Adam Law um, guy on Twitter will have to send him a message and say we've mentioned him because now he's famous to 22 new subscribers. That's um, a of venture. He, he shared a really cool idea which if i was in the uk and could do this and send the letters i would do i'm not there so i can't do that is sending physical letters and i just thought that was genius like who's doing that no one's doing that yeah. so if you yeah. sit there with i mean yeah that is tedious but you sit there with 500 printed out letters and you and you send physical letters to ceos or marketing managers the chance of open rate probably pretty high, um, especially if you do a good job with the envelope. If it looks dodgy, then yeah, you're not going to open. But if it looks legit, yeah, they're going to open it because like who doesn't open mail? Yeah. Like even if you even if it is dodgy, they're probably going to open it. Yeah. Like why would you not open it? It's got your name on it. Um, I would. There's a curiosity yeah. element. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I um, totally. <laughs> yeah. So like that's another option, and and to be honest, like if you're in a city get up, leave the house and go and walk to offices, walk in there. And there will be people listening. That is like, Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. You have absolutely nothing to lose. If they don't want to work with you, you will probably never see them again ever. And you don't have to, you don't have to go back into that office. It's see it as an experiment and see it as a challenge to overcome. If there are some uh, worries or nerves and it's okay to have those nerves because you're it's it's a little bit more bold but i tell you what if someone walks into the office asking for a job like that it also can be quite a good impression
0: thanks for listening the producer of today's show was me for more content join us on our youtube channel at at solo venture and links to all of our social media will be in the show notes